we're recording. There was some little thing that I had to hit over here. It looks like it's all on. So, hello, everybody. Welcome to Saints Radio. You heard our little uh, bit of uh, are we on thing. So, if anybody's hearing us, text to the great and the great and I almost said powerful. I don't want to say put you in position with the Wizard of Oz. Oz the great and powerful. We're on? Okay, good. Well, welcome from uh, winterized Dallas. It's cold out here today. We have, uh, here's the weather report. It's like 40 degrees outside right now. Isn't that weird? I honestly, I feel like we went to sleep and woke up and it was winter. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It, it just, it's like, it was just hot. I know. And it's, it's like literally you blink your eyes and it's winter. I know. I mean, it was, it was, what was it? Yesterday morning, I left here and thought, I got to go over to Central Market and get some coffee, the Texas pecan coffee that people drink here. And so I went out to the car and I thought, you know, from my office to my vehicle is like five feet. But when I got over to the Central Market parking lot, I thought, it is cold out. So I had to dig my coat out of the, out of the trunk and put it on. It, it, it seemed like it changed that quickly from the day before, which it did. But that's Texas, isn't it? You know, the big thing in, in our household is trying to decide when to turn the air conditioner off and turn the heater off. <laughs> yeah. You know, because it's, it's just so inconsistent. So, you know, in a given half of a day or a couple of hours, it can go from being hot and having the AC on to it's freezing oh my gosh, it's so cold in this house, or vice versa. Because yeah. it can change in a day, Yeah. either way. So I know our, our poor old units are probably confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, one, one nice thing, though, is for those of you who have fireplaces, I had mine in full function yesterday evening. And that was so nice. I always enjoy that. Um, I have a... Last week it got cold and Levi was over at the house. So Papa built a fire. And once the fire got started, I had him standing up by the wall looking at the fire. And he was mystified by that. Just the look on his face was, here's something I'm very interested in. And... Um, yeah. So, anyway, I hope everything's going well with all of you. We certainly had um, a tremendous, why would you call it a visitation from the Lord on Sunday? I don't know that we want to call it a visitation because he's not visiting. I mean, this this is something that we have partnered with. I mean, we had... Several months ago, we were speaking into that area that we know God has ordained for his presence to, to function in, in a unique way. And suddenly on Sunday, whoosh! He flooded. It was a flood. It was a, it was a like flash flood. A torrent of river which I'm, 
I'm still, I, I still feel the effects of it because, you know, the, one of the things that I, I love about moments like that is first of all, they're unprecedented. They're, you know, God, God always moves in new ways mm-hmm. and the visitation or, or the, um, just the manifestation of his presence, which was so tangible is always new and living and creative and 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 at the same time i think it caught us all off guard a little bit which i also love because it was like a suddenly even though i think we felt the pulse of it i know i did when i walked in actually i started feeling it on saturday morning during prayer i just didn't know what mm-hmm. i was sensing and I, I know my, my spirit grabbed hold of it on Saturday. And, and then it was just like a continuation. And then, because it, it's not anything that we can manufacture or, or even cause to manifest, it's just him. Mm-hmm. And when he does things like that, it's just so amazing because there's, what happened? We all of a sudden oh, the screen. It's, it's, it's still working. Shamu on the screen. <laughs> um, it's not anything that we could have... It, it, I, I think it was just hearts just in a cry. And, you know, I read that passage out of Psalms about I cry unto the Lord and he heard me and he healed me. And I had looked at that word for cry and it's 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 not the Yahweh or the... You know, the cry that we've studied is a different, maybe it's a delineation of that. I need to go back and look. But one of the definitions was, you know, when you're just, you're kind of at the end of your rope. It's like there's a, there's a, there's a measure of desperation. And I, I think the Lord, he finds pleasure in that, knowing that it's, it's almost like a supplication. Because supplication really taps a need or, you know, some measure of lack. But it, supplication is not desperation. It's partnership in the heart of God for what he wants to do. And it just, I, and I told you this on Sunday, it felt like the fullness of the spirit of prophecy, life, supply, and healing. Just the fullness of that spirit. Plus grace and supplication. It was just so much. So um, I'm thankful. Yeah, you know, it it really was not, as you said, it wasn't anything that we set set in motion uh, uh, with some kind of activation or uh, on Sunday. I mean, it was just something that. But you know, like I I mentioned to you, um, and I mentioned this from the pulpit. It was a different, you know, the Lord, the only thing the Lord told me about it was beforehand. Um, there's been a lot of meat I've been giving. It's time for there to be um, a, a kind of a rhema exercise of it. <coughs> and the only verse he gave me was that one from 1 Corinthians 16 about a great and effectual door. Uh, a great door and effectual is open, but there are many adversaries. And, um, and so I thought, okay, this is great. I mean, this is the timing of the Lord. This is a door which is commensurate with our being faithful as gatekeepers and 
to stand, the warning of the enemy assignment to try to take us out. And I think that was on many levels. That's, that started a couple of years ago. Um, and during that time, we've been affirmed as gatekeepers so that doors could begin to open. And we did activations about the, the river and, and the stream and welcoming it from heaven. But I didn't, I had no idea, <laughs> no inkling that that I don't know whether that area over there is a door. I think it's part of the gate of the Lord. Maybe it's both coming out of paradise, but it's it it was a surprise, and and like you said, we came in that Sunday morning, not really. No, you God didn't say okay. I'm gonna blast through here with a river. No, the only thing he said to me was, and I quote, quote unquote, is there's healing in the house. And, and I, it's like I heard him say that when I walked into the sanctuary. And of course, my first response to that was in this house. There's healing in the house. You know, find help from his sanctuary. I was just going down, Lord, what does that mean? But then through Sunday school, I was just thinking and praying. And, and I realized that it expanded beyond that into our temple. It's like, because I've been asking for healing, and I know many people have been, and, and you know, it's not a do or die. We're going to function. <coughs> we, we're going to function. But honestly, as of Saturday, I had come to the point where I just thought, Lord, am I just supposed to feel bad forever? I mean, literally. It's like, really? You know, it's just, am I just supposed to overcome this and just walk in it? Which is a ridiculous thought. Right. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And all day Saturday, I had to go to Ikea. And, you know, you go in there, and it's like it's like a trap. And I'm walking through that store, and I just felt awful, like physically. And I just thought, this is so not acceptable. But it started coming in on Saturday morning to prayer, and I walked in, and... Um, you know, it's like you walk into intercession, you don't want it to be about you. You don't want to be, you know, lag or let your physical challenges hinder what you've come to accomplish in the Lord. So it was like one of those, seek first the kingdom of God. and all. You know, it was just, I'm going to come in, I'm going to seek the Lord, I'm going to let him use me however, no matter how I feel. And then as soon as I felt like, that had been accomplished, whatever he wanted to do through me in the corporate intercession. It was like he said, okay. And then it's just that my heart just started reaching out saying, I'm asking for healing. I, I'm asking for, and I, I'm not, there's nothing majorly wrong with me, guys, so I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying, you know, when you, enough is enough. Well, there's, yeah. Yeah, my it's my ear mostly, and it's just like, ah! But, and for a prophet with your right ear, it's just there's no coincidence there. Anyway, I'm rambling here, but that's, I mean, when I pulled up on Sunday and I just, I just heard that and I just, I grabbed hold of it and I was just like, yeah, I'm going to lay claim to that in this house and in every house of the saints because that's not in scripture. I think it's probably a song, but I know it to be true. I mean, I'm sure it's in scripture. I know it's in scripture in some context, in some way. But um, but then 
you know, through Sunday school, I just started thinking, there's healing in my temple. He's going to bring healing in, in, in our, our frames. But I had no idea how he was going to do it. Yeah. But he did. And there's, you know, there's so many, you talk about paradise, and I just think about, you know, the trees for the healing of the nations, and, and so many things that we're called to release. And, and that was one thing that I felt so strongly about that moment, or the, the, those moments on Sunday morning, was it was like a river that was being released into, out, out, out from us, and, and into, you know, I know I mentioned Sylvie, and I, I, I wish at that moment I'd mentioned some other people that I know that are really struggling, like Ava and some other people. But I know the Lord had them on our heart, on His heart, and then you came up and did that. And I just, I just believe there's touch points all over this world of of what's happening here. But I know that what happens here, what is transacted here, what the Lord does here is 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 to be the initiation of so many touch points. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's like what happens at a seminar. Yeah, it happens here, but we release it into the land, into the nations, into the saints all over and um, so it's it's interesting because when you were mentioning that I the healing with the leaves the leaves of the tree and, and I, I was thinking about, you know, the connection which we've all studied about, about those trees of life and the fruits or the saints have right to that. Um, but it also says that those fruits come in their, in their season. So it's not like they're just continually with fruit. They, they function in the same way according to the timetable of God, which, you know, we've studied about the hand and, you know, the, the seasons. So I was thinking when you said that, and all of a sudden the Lord put it, showed me, you know, those trees probably shed leaves, and they probably go into that river just like they do here on earth. Nature proclaims the glory of the Lord. And just like at my house in the winter, at the beginning season, my backyard is covered with leaves and you know I used to mow them <coughs> and bag them up and put them out there but then I got a mulching mower and mulch that stuff so that it goes down the green down into the ground <coughs> and you know I know people say well you got to do you got to go and and thatch your yard and pull that up I've never had to do that my grass is lush so what I'm wondering is are the healing leaves of the trees of life that flow in that river, which they'd have to do it if they have a sequence of fruit bearing. It, they have to, it's just part of God's process. Do those leaves then come into that river signifying something that assists you at the beginning of the process of the Lord, just like it does here in you know in any place that has a seasonal flow like that and does god where i'm going with this is if we're at this time of beginnings and breakthrough how 
how would we, how would the saints gather the leaves for the healing of the nation? <coughs> is it something that you just go and you grab a leaf off the tree and then you make it into some kind of a smoke, something you smoke or you grind it up medicinally? Or does it flow in the way that God always brings healing on earth? Does it, does, does that last flow of fruitfulness then die and from that then does life spring forth so I guess what I'm saying is that those leaves that bring healing there's probably <coughs> something that uh, ignites the process of the river and the leaves and the sequence of God's progression where that is the beginning point of the season. So on the one hand, you've got fruit that you're eating, which is, which is great. But on the other hand, you've got um, you've got those leaves that then bring healing or bring nutrition or bring about the igniting of the season of the Lord because what good does it do to come into a nation and just have a touch from God if you don't set in motion what that nation is supposed to represent what, what, what good does that do unless you put in motion what God wants there, the, the identity of that nation. I mean, if you're going to bring healing to the nation, does that mean you just have a big crusade and 10,000 people come down and say they're going to serve the Lord and they go back to their bordello and do whatever they're going to do? Of course not. You've, you've got to have sons. You've got to make disciples in the nations. You've got to, you've got to preach the gospel of the kingdom so if the leaves are for the healing of the nations, how does that happen? Is it just, oh, I've got this leaf, I'm going to smear it on you, now you're well. Or, or let, me, let me touch you and we're going to activate gifts in you. That doesn't make any sense. But if, if you initiate the process, the divine process from heaven, the kingdom come, his will be done, that, those leaves then would become part of the, the horticultural design for what that place is supposed to bring. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So when you were saying that, I thought that, you know, I, I, I never really understood why the leaves would bring healing and what the difference was between that and the fruit that was produced in season. But there you've got the sequence, fruit and the, the sequence for that tree. Now, if you're in some place, I don't, I don't really know, forgive me, but, you know, we're used to having, even in Dallas, it's different, winter's different than it was where I grew up, but there's a lot of similarities, like the leaves, the trees shed leaves here, just like they do there, and that signifies a time of a reset, and then the fruitfulness comes, and everybody rejoices, but you know that whatever's on that tree is going to sequence out, and those leaves are all going to fall, and they're going to be all over the yard. They're going to be all through the river, and 
and then that brings about the beginning of life, right? Yeah, that's fascinating. Because with you, I've never really understood how to apply that. And I know that we've activated on that. We've, you know, there's been seasons where we've, the Lord's had us focus on that. But I've really never known how, how that, how we actually apply that in the, in the natural. Yeah. But the thought of, I mean, just the thought of them falling into the river and flowing with the river, which is obviously the spirit, that's phenomenal to me. Yeah. I never thought about that process. And, and, or even them falling into the ground. Yeah. But you think about it too. I mean, the fall season with the changing of the leaves, mm-hmm. that's also a God thing. Oh, yeah. And that happens after the fruit, before the fall. So, or the falling of the leaves, I guess I should say. That's interesting. It really is. Yeah. It, it's, and, you know, if, if a seed has to die before life life. comes, then that means that principle is in heaven. There there has to be this this eternal process of partnering with the seasons of the Lord, and that is well established, that it it comes to a point of emptiness, it comes to a point of faith and belief, it comes to a point of dying. That's the principle of, of of the leaven and the unleaven. You come to the table, don't be bringing you know, the leaven from the past. Check your pants. Get it out of there. Plus, too, the progression of, just that whole progression of the fruit, the color, the falling of the leaves, and then the tree. And I I can just, I mean, we have this, my favorite tree in my yard is just on the side of my house. It's very tall, and it's over the swimming pool over the backyard mm-hmm. and so it's a progression every single week I watch this during the fall season the yard guys come on Wednesday they blow all the leaves off the swimming pool is full of leaves the yard, the pool guy comes on Thursday he cleans the pool there's no more leaves and within an hour they're back. the leaves have fallen again they're all over the pool deck and they're all inside the pool again mm-hmm. and it's like I think why did he even come I mean it lasted for maybe so it's just such a progression but you think about the leaves fall then that tree looks as dead as can be. It's not the prettiest, you know, it's not in the, you know, when it looks pretty right. and fruitful, but that's when that tree is more alive than ever. Yeah. So when the leaves fall, I, I'm just trying to figure out how we apply this into a point of healing. And maybe we're getting... Yeah. <coughs> no, no, no. I mean, and, and you know, the thing about it is, is that all of those t- dimensions of the trees of life I'm sure that they don't all function on the same time schedule. Oh, no. I'm sure that, you know, you've got some of the trees that are cycling, but that's the time for the fruits of the other trees. And so only God could do that wheel within the wheel kind of a thing where one process is fading and and it's about to reboot, but the other one is in full sway so that there's there's never a time in heaven where there's not bounty. Yeah. So how does that bring healing in the nations? Well, I think it, I th- just, we're just brainstorming here. I think that it, it means that we, we have to believe for a reboot. Everything about healing in the Lord is to restore 
his what's the word well, it, to restore like, for me like for physically it's like I cry out for healing to restore my body into a point of function yes and that's my it. identity so it's not about just so that I can go to CrossFit that's that's it's about so that I can run this race that he set before me in fullness and that's it physically and so it, we always need to look at it that way when we're praying for anyone it's like when you lay hands on somebody to pray for them you need to be focused on their identity and what God's calling the function is yeah and that, that's the touch that's the yeah. touch of, of the igniting of the of the fire it goes to the what what is your identity what is your, what right. are you supposed to be what is your function and that's that's the restoration which is kind of weird then if you take what Paul said about because of the abundance of vision and revelation, which is one of the facets of his identity, he was set for the defense of the gospel. His kami was for that, for the 27, for the writing that he did under the spirit of the New Testament and defending that and receiving vision and revelation, laying this stuff out. The enemy attacked physically that function. He's getting vision and revelation. The enemy hits that to try to dissuade him. My grace is sufficient. What I have set in motion is going to be. It's My grace is going to take you into the new horizons. But um, So it's, it's all about your function. And the enemy attacks. Sometimes God allows you to walk through things, and the enemy's not even around. And uh, but but you've got to overcome and believe. So I'm just rambling on that theme of healing and how that heals the nations and how that heals people. Well, that that's one of the things that I know that I've learned just in praying for people because there you know there's people in our lives in our church that I won't name any names when it has burdened my heart to watch them suffer or to to know that whatever the affliction, whatever the physical challenges that they're facing. Or maybe keeping them from prayer, or keeping them from functioning in the fullness of their capacity. Mm. And so I remember just going before the Lord and just like crying out, Lord, deliver them, heal them, because I can see, and you can see where the la- you know where where the lag is. Yeah. And I remember the Lord rebuked me once and said, in in a very sweet way, loving way, you need to be praying my will in their life because. I'm in this. And and this is one thing. It, it's hard to accept the fact, because I know God intends for all of us to be whole and healed. I, I fully believe that. But I also believe that he is in the pain. He's in the challenge. He's in the struggle. Or we can't believe anything the Apostle Paul preached about. Because, I mean, he preaches all through his, his epistles about being, you know, strength being made perfect and and the challenges that he faces, we still don't know exactly what that thorn in the flesh was, but... Um, well, it was in the flesh. But... We know that. Yeah, the thing about it is, is even in those days, in those times when we are struggling, the, God hasn't abandoned us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's... He's in the struggle, and he's also in the overcoming. And it's... It's just really an interesting walk. But another thing I wanted to mention about Sunday was one of the things that I saw 
from my perspective was those intercessors that had positioned themselves in the altar. And, and you know, we'd usually have one or two people that make their way to the altar, whether they're waving a banner or doing a dance or just praying. But there was something significant about the ones that were positioned up there on Sunday and the Lord was using them. Mm-hmm. And you can say it was as a pillar, you know, drawing from heaven. Um, or I thought about the tree, you know, we are called to be trees of righteousness. But I was so blessed by that. There was something, it was almost like, I don't want to say promotion, but there was just something significant that, or prophetic that they were functioning in, um, in their intercession yeah. to really draw that. And that, you know, that happens from time to time. I know particularly with Monica McNatt. I mean, she can find a position up there and it's like she's drawn from heaven and from, you know, from both ends and doing whatever it is the Lord has her do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really a blessing. Yeah, that, that is, you mentioned this passage in Jeremiah. We are trees. Yeah. We are trees. So yeah. if we're trees, well, um, for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreads out her roots by the river. And that's what I felt like they were doing. Yeah. And shall not see when heat cometh. Her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. So I don't, I don't ever envision that the trees of life become the yuck that our leaves do. I think that the colors indicate what they are, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. and um, but it would stand to reason that we we cycle that way. Um, you know, one of the things I miss about being in Pennsylvania is we have this sum here. But I knew that the mountain that was behind my house when I was growing up, that it would, once October hit, it would be like that mountain was on fire because all the trees were either bright red or yellow or orange. And that whole hillside would just be like it was on fire. I, one of my favorite pictures, and I took Kelly up to see my parents when she was like almost two. Imagine that, a dad traveling with his little girl on his, just by, by himself. I don't know how we did that. It just seems impossible. But Kelly is standing out there in the backyard, and my dad, she was, he was like a giant to her. And in the background was this mountain with the hills on fire. But the, I think those those colors, like you mentioned earlier, were that's the depiction of the season. And think about that too. I mean, that's red, orange, yellow, mm-hmm. and then green. Yeah, it's true. If they turn blue, and then dark blue, and then purple. Well, that would be cool, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah. It's probably some tree uh-huh. somewhere that just uh-huh. leaves turn. But I mean, that's the blue. progression of prophecy. A plum tree. 
right? Yeah. That is the perversion yeah. of prophecy. Yeah, yeah, think about that. Because that's that's what the enemy attacks. Yep. He wants to turn judgment into bitterness to where the course of nature is not functioning in the way God wants it to. So he wants to bypass the sacrifice of grace and the sacrifice of gaining wisdom and direction from the Lord and just go straight to whatever it is you want. Right. And boy, in our communities now, people are willing to die for the nonsense they want to see happen. <coughs> it's interesting. What an interesting flow today. Why should we expect anything less? We did start with a little chit and chat earlier, but we got right into this. So, oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. So it's almost Thanksgiving. Next week. Yeah. That's right. I, I, it dawned on me last <laughs> night. I was. Next week is Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you got a lot to do between now and then. But, um,. I was I was thinking about uh, the fact that Christmas and New Year's are on Sunday this year and what the Lord may want from us as a church on those specialized holiday weekends because we learned a long time ago that even though people's <coughs> people's minds are on the holiday and so often we used to say, look, the enemy does not celebrate Christmas. Well, he's probably very active in the mercantile capacities of Christmas, but he doesn't take off on Christmas. And uh, I think that we need, to, we need to be all sensitive to what God would require of us on these coming holidays as we're entering into this breakthrough time. And we don't want to become stick in the mud where we say, okay, don't, don't you enjoy Christmas because that's ridiculous. But we need to be offering something strategically to the Lord. So I've been praying about that, but it just dawned on me, oh my goodness, we're a month away. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, Cristo chando queridis. Good times. We speak life and health into your ears. Amen. I command them to be open. Yes. Be open. Yes. Sometime soon, it's going to pop. And you're going to be free. And in that moment, you need to rejoice, but you need to also give thanks to the Lord that he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying, yeah. that we and the people of God will hear what the Spirit is saying. Whatever has been occluding that voice or blocking that voice has been removed. Amen. You know, it's funny because <clears throat> our senses, I don't know if you're this way, but I know they say that for, for people that are deaf, their other senses are more heightened. You know, it's like somehow mm -hmm. there's an overcompensation and, and I, you know, I'm blind as a bat. I wear contacts, I wear glasses, 
and when I don't have my corrected vision, my corrected lenses on, <laughs> I can't see. When I can't see, I feel like all my other senses are dulled. It's, it's very bizarre. But with this, with my ear, because I don't think I've ever experienced something quite like this, where literally for two weeks, almost three weeks, I've hardly been able to hear on the right side. And I've really been asking the Lord to heighten my other senses um, for somehow to use this. That's because, good. you know, it just absolutely has driven me crazy. And <clears throat> you don't realize how many scenarios you go into where there's like white noise. Like when I go to physical therapy twice a week and there's so much white noise around me, I cannot hear what there's, you know, so I'm constantly mm -hmm. doing this and you never want to say that you're, you've, you're having a physical issue because people at this day and age, they're like, yeah, you know, don't come if, if, if there's anything going on. So I'm very careful about that. But um, anyway, to say all that, to say that I know that the Lord, you know, he doesn't waste anything. And so I've been asking him to just heighten my other senses, my, my visionary capacity and just to use this time to strengthen. And, and so I say that for myself, but I also extend that into the saints because I feel like whatever I walk through is not just for me. In fact, I'm a very small percentage of it. It is, is on behalf of the body because I'm part of the body. And so I just declare that, that our visionary capacity would be heightened, that our smell, it has a kind of a weird sense to think, but I know that you've smelled things in the, in the realm and so have I. Um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, it, but it's kind of like seeing things, too. I mean, seeing or smelling is great, but you really need to have a sharpening to know what do you do with this when you see or smell something. And we've kind of honed that with, God has been honing that with vision. But the smelling part, other than just to know, hey, you know, this is around us right now. Maybe there's something more that the Lord wants to activate there, too. I really believe that. I really believe that there's something in this that he's just requiring. And you, I mean, you experience these things, too, in your physical body where you know, I know he's wanting me to overcome this and not just fall prey to the frustration but to know, just to really turn it for good and just declare and believe for just heightened senses, but also in the hearing, that when this clears, mm -hmm. that our vision, not just mine, our vision would be so clear that there would be a clarity to hear what he's saying to the church, yeah. what the Spirit is saying to the church. So I, I will, and I know you feel the same way, I will walk through anything for the good of his purpose to be fulfilled. And I will not let the enemy win this battle. And because God is turn he turns all things for good that we surrender to him. So just be sensitive. I'm speaking to the the choir, I know. But do, I mean be sensitive to your spiritual senses because they're so important. Yeah, well you were mentioning that um, the he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith. Saith there is Lego, which means to you know systematically lay something forth. 
to to know what you do now to know how this goes in the structure of what God has said which is kind of interesting so it's not just hearing not just a cool it's it's what what do we do <laughs> right what what is laid here how does this fit in the structure and that's that's very that's very interesting um Akuo is hearing, but n not just hearing, but knowing what the spirit is laying in motion in its course, and that's that's that precision. What we have to have now. Yeah, it's like understand. It's like under like the the B I Y N understanding. I think that's Hebrew. Yeah. Which is understanding what to do. What understanding what to do with what he gives you. Which is the core of sonship. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because it doesn't do you much good just to hear something if you don't know what to do with it. No. And that frust you know me, that frustrates me. Yeah. Because I think, okay, what does all this stuff mean? What do we need to do? This is great to have all this stuff, but if you don't interpret and know why the Spirit is letting you hear this, then what good is it? It may be entertaining. It may, it's a it's a gift from God. You give thanks to that. But he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. If you don't, if you if you hear, but you don't know what the Spirit is saying, what good is it? Essentially, it's like Shema. It's like hear and obey. Yeah. How do you obey if you don't understand what you're hearing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, if you if you function in the tobe and you're functioning that way, then you'll have the good of the land. I want the good of the land. Me too. What were you saying? I'm going to take us off course because you were talking about Lego. Yeah, okay. This morning, Pastor Fabian sent me this. Lego has officially announced, revealed the tallest set that they have ever produced. And guess what it is? The Eiffel Tower. An Eiffel Ah! Yes, I'm saying I'm, I'm, I'm saying this for reconciliation. The tour Eiffel. Releasing on November 21st, the set has 10,001 pieces, and will retail for 679 dollars and 99 cents, 629 euros. It will be the tallest set that Lego has made, coming in at 58.5. Inches. Doesn't seem very tall. I was kind of expecting it to be like, well, how tall is that? Fifty-eight inches. How many 15. feet? Well, twelve feet. Twelve. I right, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out anyway. So, so that's pretty cool. So I thought. Well, that's kind of Pastor Fabian to send that to you. He's yeah. the Lego man. Well, listen. Pastor Fabian for Christmas this last year, and I know he did something similar for you. He gave me that one of the greatest gifts I have ever received, and it was so thoughtful. But he gave me a Lego Jesus that he ordered the parts for, and just created it himself. And literally, it it was honestly, it's like the it, it was like um, I don't know, and. Um, Fabian, you know, he's the Lego guy, and 
I now have a Lego Jesus. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I do know that he also made one for you. He gave me a Lego Moses. Oh, I thought it was John the Baptist. Well, he has the two. Unless John was walking around with <laughs> two stone tablets. I don't know why I thought it was John the Baptist. I don't Christ. think John could have been carrying those tablets. <laughs> oh, that, that's cool. That linen girdle okay. would have fallen off, and then there'd been... All those people would have been repenting for what they saw. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Anyway, so Lego, hearing, understanding, applying. We've kind of been around the block what today. What the Spirit says. Yep. Well, it all, it all comes back to when God gives you some kind of an encounter with him that's different than the norm what what does it do you know nuts and bolts you got to nuts and bolts those moments of great feeling and expression and and it, it can take you out of the moment but really it's what you should be doing in the with the aroma of the moment what does this mean what are we experiencing what is the lasting impact of this because again you know that's the problem with the materialistic society you spend a lot of money for something and then it's over usually usually and you want to have something that comes from that too I love that because it really, <clears throat> what you just, you know, what you were talking about, it really, it, it, it links mind or heart and mind together, spirit and mind together. And it causes us to really utilize the fullness of the creation that he made us mm -hmm. to be, which, you know, some people are way more experiential. Um, I know I came out of a place where I was that way. I just, I, you know, just keep me under the pew and just let me just be in the presence of the Lord and be that intercessor that just dwells and welcomes his presence. And, and that, that'll be my job. <laughs> and that was really, I mean, that, that was the foundation. I think that's the foundation for, for who we all are. But there comes a day when he wants to activate the other parts of you and and get you to start processing and um, applying yeah and sometimes we can be super lazy because the, the latter create not the latter the latter creates um, a demand on us that I think sometimes a lot of us have never really exercised and so when people say I can't do it it's too hard when we talk about Fivefold or interpretation or just processing what God is saying or how he's moving there's a resistance and it's it's um, you know part of it is just a lack of confidence I think but how could we ever lack confidence because in the spirit because it's not you it's the spirit in you that's actually activating your mind so and then part of it is just being lazy well, I think that's one of the great unsung miracles that has happened in the Saints Network, that God would t 
take you from the person you just described <laughs> and to put upon you the responsibility of interpretation. Or even just, you know, it, even in my studies I find it's like, um, you have to have a good balance. Yeah. And I know over the last, I've, I've, I've been studying for years and years. I mean, I was brought up by this master sitting across from me and mm. been trained, and I'm very, I am so thankful for that, that, that I've learned how to study and have such a hunger for it. And I know that a lot of that is my heritage, but yeah. still, I mean, it's something that I had to allow the spirit to activate, and I had to be disciplined in it, just like everybody else. And, and you know, I know when I've been too long in that linear place of study but it should never be a linear place of study it should always be a spirit led driven and you know I know those moments when it starts getting kind of dry and I need to step into the sanctuary and let my spirit stir and then the revelation starts to flow and it's just such an interesting balance but then I also know when I've been too much in in that part and the Lord is calling me into you know some some deep commune and intercession but the I guess the goal is for those two to overlap all the time and yeah and we've we see that and you've taught this how whatever you receive you need to process you've got to be the lover but you've got to be the warrior you've got to Pray in diversities of tongues and God's mysteries, and you've got to interpret. You know, hear what the Spirit says. Hear what, if you have an ear, <clears throat> hear. But what is the Spirit, the Spirit saying? You got to be in the Spirit. Yeah. You got to be tapped in. Open my ears, Lord. But then, if you don't process what the Spirit is legoing, you don't have any little Jesus. <laughs> You have no Eiffel Tower. <laughs> you have no Eiffel Tower. Oh, I, I, you know, I struggle with this sometimes when I have to put together outlines. Because out, putting together outlines sometimes can be laborious for me because mm-hmm. it's not my set gift. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, as a prophet, it's just not the way that I process. But I've learned by demand to do it, and, and I've learned to love to do it. Um, I think that's just the Lord. But um, I know just like sometimes if I'm preparing for a teaching or whatever and I spend a couple of hours working on an outline, it's like I have to step away and get on my face. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you had, you experienced that, but you just probably do outlines in your sleep. No, I, I, I like to do outlines when God's revealing something. Yeah. When I'm studying something and uncovering something, that's the drive for me. To have to go back and make an outline of something that is yesterday's meat. We all have to do that from time to time because yeah. we're, you know, we're yeah. line upon lining in these different nations, and you can't, you just can't get away from that. Yeah, I know. But it's it's unto the Lord. It's an it's a, it's an investment into the Lord. So what have we talked about today? We talked about the the Lord coming into this place on Sunday we talked about leaves and the process of restoration and healing we talked about how that we've got to look at everything through the eyes of functioning for the father 
We talked about hearing and having experiences in the Lord, but then knowing that the Lord requires that we do something with that under the direction of the Spirit. So we release all of those things. Amen. And healing to those of you who are in need of it today. And that God would give you the victory pertaining to what those limitations and attacks uh, what the benefit of overcoming them would be that that would be released into your life you know it's interesting because we talk about Sunday and I mean I, I mean there was healing and I was so encouraged and and then I woke up yesterday morning and I literally felt like I've been hit by a truck. <laughs> I mean, it was just like such a shock. And I thought, what is happening here? And I know you didn't feel great. No. Um, several people actually that I talked to didn't feel great. And I knew after I shook myself for a minute and didn't go down the path of, oh gosh, um, that it was the enemy resisting the breakthrough. And, and so all day long, I just, I, I, you know, when you, when you, when you've done all, you stand. Mm -hmm. And I, that's all I knew to do was just stand in the promise. I mean, I was just like, no, no, no. I am not basing anything on the way that I feel. I know what the spirit has said. And I, and so, you know, I'd never thought about that passage about the, the door. Many doors are open. He's opened the doors for us, but there's many adversaries. It's just being doors of breakthrough. I mean, I always looked at that as doors into the nations, and I'm sure that's the context. But I felt like it was, we, I felt like, you know, to me, you cross a threshold and breakthrough, or you cross into new territory, or whatever it might look like. And I just knew that the enemy was just there, trying to resist what the Lord had promised. And... Thank God, woke up feeling good today. Yeah, I'm <laughs> grateful for that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And we pray that th this will be a, a continuation of freedom for you. Yeah, and for everyone. And for everyone. Yeah. Vicki texted and said that, she said the leaves, she said, I love this discussion, it's very stirring. But she said the leaves for healing came up in the midst of their presbytery teams on Sunday evening. Really? So, yeah. yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. And so everybody that's listening, I know Annette's listening. I know Kimberly, Kim is listening. Haley's listening. Ruby's listening. Stacy McGill's listening. We bless you all and thank you. And for whoever else is listening um, now or later, uh, thank you for joining us. Yes. It means a lot. Yeah, this uh, this time frame is something that we felt the Lord was establishing many years ago, and it's it's just what it is. And I'm grateful that God continues to use it in whatever way He chooses to. But we thank you for spending this, investing this time with us. And so, and so, it's over. Time is up. Opa. Time is gone. It is gone. It is no more. So we speak blessing 
into everyone, health, life, supply. May you be prophetically activated. And we uh, thank you for joining us. Amen. Amen.